This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand many of our listeners may not agree with all of our viewpoints. However, we hope you can bear with us in order to hear unadulterated true crime cases. We are not licensed therapists, nor are we able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source material included for each episode. Now let's get weird. Welcome back, sinners, to another week of All the Sins Worldwide. We are here today to discuss a case that Mims has brought forward for us. And like she had said last week, it's a good one and you don't (laughs) want to miss out on it. So I'm excited to hear about what she has brought us today. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the Gilgo Beach murders. Are you familiar I have heard of that before. That name is very, very familiar. And I remember, I remember watching like a really brief video about it once, but I don't really remember much about it. So I'm excited to be refreshed. Yeah, it's a pretty well-known case and it's kind of developing right here and now so i'm excited to talk about it and give everybody a refresher and an update all in one so let's get into it okay i got my sources from the new york post nbc new york and the independent so this all started in 2010 when a frantic 24 year old shanna gilbert called the police as she was running through a neighborhood afraid for her life in long island She ran from a client's home, already being scared, thinking she was in danger, and then continued to run the streets trying to escape as she was on the phone with police. It was heard while she was on the phone saying, the name Mike, someone's after me, and are you going to kill me? Which is pretty chilling if you were on the other end of that phone call. Oh god, yeah. Unfortunately, Sarah was never seen after that. Oh, geez. After the phone call, the police went looking for her and discovered a sinister scene on the Gilgo Beach. And so the the neighborhood that was that she was running through was very, very close to this beach, and that's how they stumbled upon what they stumbled upon. So throughout an entire year, investigators dug up body after body that was buried deep under the sandy beach and marshy area. What some people consider a place to decompress and enjoy a day in the sun and water turned out to be a very horrifying place. It was basically a dump site for a serial killer or serial killers. Authorities even theorized that there was three serial killers that were using the beach to bury their victims for over 20 years. Oh, good lord. I know, it's just so fucking scary. Like, that, we don't have to just, like, oh, it's that one bad person. There's, like, so many of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when you're always, like, at least for me, when I picture a beach, like, I'm picturing, like, laying in the sand or in the water enjoying a beautiful sunny day but with this it's like 
a whole nother view of mm. a beach. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. I know. So tragically, 11 bodies were discovered in Suffolk County, making the residents extremely terrified of what was going on in their area. Shanna Gilbert's body was found eventually in 2011, and her cause of death is very much debated, as some say she died from accidental drowning. I don't think it's a coincidence that the night she's running away from people and asking if she was going to be killed was all done on the same night that she accidentally died. That just doesn't happen, in my opinion. Yeah, that does not match up. And honestly, if people can't really see that it doesn't match up, like, it seems kind of odd to me. And how do you run into the the water, you know, on the beach and just... Like, I just don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. Like, if you're running away from somebody, why would your instinct be running into the water in a beach? I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. Cause especially if it's the ocean, like you have yeah. literally nowhere to go. Yeah. But out. You would and... have to be a really strong swimmer in order to like evade somebody and get to a, a different area through the water. Yeah, or, like, not get caught in a riptide or anything like that. And, like, you would have to have the most amazing endurance ever. Right. And, you know, even if you take a boat when you try to find another side of that ocean there, Mm -hmm. it could take you forever to get over there. Yeah. Imagine trying to swim. Yeah. So, you know, just her ending up in the water and having accidental drowning as her cause of death on the night that she was already scared for her life. It just doesn't add up to me. I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't either. So let's talk about the victims who were found. On December 11th, 2010, the remains of Melissa Bartholomew uh, were discovered. Then on my birthday, December 13th, 2010, Marine Bernard Barnes Megan Waterman and Amber Lynn Costello were found and very closely, I might add, like making me think that their remains were buried near each other by one singular person. These right, because it's like you you go back to the same place because you know that you know you've been dumping people there. That's three people, I'm sorry, four people in the same proximity of each other buried Mm -hmm. that just is crazy to me yeah exactly these women were theorized that they were providing their services in the area that they advertise on craigslist marine was last seen alive in early june 2007 three years prior to her remains being discovered in new york city so she was living in new york city and then her remains were discovered three years later Mm -hmm. amber was last seen leaving her north babylon home in early september 2010 and megan was last seen alive in early june 2010 at a holiday inn express in oh this is a really hard one for me hopog hopog (laughs) i'm gonna go with hopog (laughs) 
But like I said, there was a total of 11 remains found. So on July 26, 2011, Jessica Taylor from New York City was found in a wooded area in Manorville. Then on two separate occasions, which is wild to me, Valerie Max remains were found in 2000 and in 2011. Some of her remains were found in Manorville and then some in Oak Beach. She was last seen in Philadelphia in 2000, and she wasn't identified until 2020 through genetic genealogy. Oh, boy. 20 years? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. On August 4th, 2023, a Jane Doe 7, or she's also known as Fire Island Jane Doe, had also been discovered then 34 year old karen regatta who was last seen alive in manhattan in 1996 was discovered her legs were first found wrapped in plastic at davis park on fire island's blue point beach and 15 years later on april 11 2011 her skull was found off of ocean parkway which was relatively close to the other Gilgo Beach victims. And I'm going to, in our posts, if you follow us on social media, I'm going to have the map of where the victims are found so you can see how closely they were buried towards each other. So let's talk about the remains that were never identified. In April 2011, the skeletal remains of an Asian male between the ages of 17 and 23 years old, around 5 foot 6 inches tall, and with poor dental health, were found along Ocean Parkway. It has also appeared that his remains were there for a while by the decay of his body. He was probably there for 5 to 10 years. Oh, jeez. The same day that the skeletal remains of the Asian male were discovered, so were... Okay, this is going to be really sad, so I'm going to want everybody to brace themselves. The remains of an unidentified female toddler. Oh, no. Yeah. Yep, that one really gets me. Making it even more sad, she was partly identified but it didn't bring them any closer to discovering anything personal because it was determined that she was a daughter of another unidentified female called Peaches, whose remains were found in Nashua County. Mother and daughter unidentified to this day. Oh, no. Yeah. And I hate that they... Like, why would you bury them separately like that? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, it's... It sounds it sounds horrible, but if if some motherfuckers is going to do something as grotesque and horrible as murdering a mother and her child, at least let them be together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know why you would separate them. <laughs> I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward to July 13th, 2022. A suspect that was on Suffolk County Police Department, New York State Police, Suffolk County Sheriff's Office, and the FBI's radar was being surrounded on Manhattan Road by plainclothes officers. They apprehended Rex Hewerman and charged him with three of the murders and suspected of a fourth. 
he was honed in on after the case went cold and the evidence was reviewed with fresh eyes. So they never gave up on this case. They never were like, we're going to shove this in the corner and not revisit it. They were constantly working on it. And every time there was like a new person that was, you know, somebody retired and then they were replaced, they were like, okay, let's look at this um, in a different way. So I'm really happy that they never gave up on this case. Yeah, for real. In 2023, his car was linked to be the same Chevrolet Avalanche in the area when Amber Lynn went missing. So let's talk. I hate talking about him, but let's talk about him because we're going to we're going to have to. (laughs) So he is the president of architecture of an architecture firm, RH Consultants and Associates, a company in which he founded in 1994. He publicly claimed that he was born and raised in Long Island, but had been working in Manhattan since 1987. The bodies that were dumped in Long Island and a lot of the women that were discovered were living in New York City is highly suspect to me. Like, his firm was located midtown Manhattan, which is the last places that some of these women were seen by their friends and family. And then for them to be buried in Long Island, where he has been born and raised and has never moved from, is just red flags are being thrown. Yeah, they're just everywhere. Like, as soon as you were starting to talk about it, I was like, at at certain points, the little red flags are just popping up on my brain, like, red flag, red flag. And I was like, oh, yeah. But what really is not a coincidence is that some of the phone calls made from his office were traced to calls made to some of the victims. Oh, no. Yep. On top of that, he was caught on surveillance doing some shady shit. People that knew him also called him creepy and arrogant, which to me, if that's how people are describing you, I don't want to personally know you. Nope. (laughs) A woman by the name of Dominique Vital who professionally knew him but never worked with him directly, stated that he repeatedly called her and left her creepy voicemails. Mind you, he was married twice in his life, meaning that he was married at the time that he was being gross to other women that had, like, nothing to do with him. Gross. Some of his neighbors stated that they barely made any contact during the 20 years him and his family lived there, and others stated that the kids would avoid his house during trick-or-treat i would too if i were those kids you kidding me yep but you know some of them were like yeah he's a family man he he's always been nice and blah 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 he keeps to himself so it's like i don't know i feel like if people have something that bad to say about you i tend to listen to that more than the oh yeah he waved to me when i was taking out my trash you know yeah exactly it's kind of like when you know, if you go a day, like you're doing something all day and you just get nothing but compliments, but then there's that one negative thing that somebody says to you or says about you, that's all you can think about. Yeah. And it's the same kind of thing. Like if somebody told me all these good things about somebody, and then all of a sudden here's this really, really bad, nasty thing that somebody told me, that's all I could think about. Right. And for him, it's the opposite. I feel like so many people were saying terrible things about him And then there was just like a few sprinkled, oh, yeah, he was nice. He was friendly or he kept himself. And it's just like that to me 
it doesn't stack up to be a good thing for him. Yeah. So when when going through his things during their search of his home, it was discovered that he had made some really disturbing internet searches. I'm going to do trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. Um, that included sadistic material. I don't know what that means, but I don't want to know. Um, unfortunately, there was child pornography. Oh, jeez. And he even looked up images of the victims along with researching their families. Like, truly a sick, sick animal. Mm. I'm not even going to call him a man. He's an animal. Exactly. Tell it like it is. (laughs) (laughs) So this sick, disgusting piece of waste even made taunting phone calls to the families of the victims that were later traced back to him. So as they're grieving, he calls the families to taunt them about the the missing people that they're mourning after. Oh my lord. I just want to punch this guy. Yeah. But the nail on his coffin was the DNA collected, a piece of hair to be exact, found on the burlap material that Megan Waterman was wrapped up in. It was determined to be a match after they tested a discarded pizza box from the creep. Plus, some of his wife's hair was found on some of the victims, but it was later established that she was out of town during the events of the multiple murders. So she was, there was nothing put on her. Along with different accounts under fake names used by him, to contact these women for prostitution was later discovered. So, so he was using their services. Oh, geez. So if some of his wife's hair was found on the bodies and she was out of town, like at least the way that I connected the dots was like, well, then they had to have been in their house. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. And I think this is where it comes into play where he was reaching out for their services because they were um, posting for sex work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of them go to motels. But then if some of, you know, some of these guys bring them back to their houses, which is sick to me. um, And I think that's what he did. You know, he took advantage of the times that his wife was away and he brought them over for that and apparently more. So he pleaded not guilty and will proceed with his trial this year. His pretrial court date was held in November 2023 and there is no trial date set yet, but I believe 2024 is a year of justice and answers for many cases, including this one. I I kind of had that feeling too coming into the year. I was like, there's going to be a hell of a lot of justice served in 2024. If there's anything that's going to come out of this year, that's what I'm hoping for. Is I really, I really agree with that. I feel that too. So don't worry. I will update everyone once he was is found guilty or not guilty right now he is just accused he is not um found guilty of any of the crimes being um charged against him and investigators believe he could be tied to 
other murders in the area and other states are looking into their cold cases to see if there could be any link to this man. And I'm a little annoyed that this family, just his family, his wife and his children just got a $1 million deal for them to participate in a documentary. Like, yes, it sucks for his family to have this man in their lives. But what about the victims? What about their families? They're not getting a deal. They're not getting money. And they're the ones who truly suffered. They tragically lost a loved one. And it just makes me sick that I know he's not profiting from it. But like, they had nothing to do with the the crimes that this man committed like why are they getting a fucking deal yeah and then having to just like relive everything that happened like no thanks yeah i just to me too soon and it just kind of gives a bad taste in my mouth i just i don't like it i think that if anybody deserves restitution, it's the the families of the victims. You know, they had to bury somebody that they loved. They had to come to terms with that they're never going to see their loved one again. And they get literally nothing. Exactly. So that is the case of the Gilgo Beach murders. Like I said before, I'm going to be updating once we have more closure on this whether that be this i'm assuming it's gonna drag out for a long while with this case just because of all the case uh, i'm sorry all the victims involved and i'm sure that he's gonna put up a fight too so we'll see how long it takes but i definitely will be updating everybody on how it goes down oh man thank you for bringing that to us did really really good thank you because i know that now that you were like after listening to it yeah um i've never well i've heard this case being referred to as like the gilgo killer or like the gilgo murders but i've also heard it be referred to as the long island serial killer so i think Mm. i'm i was i knew i've heard of it from somewhere and i'm like well it's the same thing it's the same guy (laughs) yeah and i heard of the shanna gilbert case separately not tied to all of these before mm-hmm. um on another podcast episode and I thought it was like the most bizarre thing that just like the way that it all went down for it like I just briefly covered what she went through because I I wanted to get into all of this but if you want to go listen to Shanna Gilbert's case I'm sure there's a ton of people that have covered it it is really bizarre. It is. It makes my heart, you know, thrash against my chest because of how scared she must have been. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's how I heard of the this whole case all put together. All right, sinners, make sure to tune in next week to hear one of Jess's cases. I'm sure we're gonna be completely shook <laughs> at that <laughs> one too. And we're really happy that you're along for this ride with us. Yes. Thank you all for tuning in with us and we will see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.
All the Sins Worldwide was written, recorded, edited, and produced by our co-hosts and creators, Jess and Mims. We truly want to thank our listeners, collaborators, friends, and family that continuously support us and for all the love we receive. If you enjoy our show, please give us a global review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're up to. And email us your sinner tales at allthesinsworldwide at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins Worldwide are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure to subscribe and like us on your favorite streaming platform.